Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Vapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Craig. Pleasure to be here, guys. So for the first time this year, one of our boys took down a tournament. Adam, why don't you tell us how it happened? Yeah, so we had the Zozo Championship this weekend. It looked like a heavyweight championship bout coming into Sunday with number two in the world, John Rahm, trailing number three in the world, Justin Thomas, by just one stroke. After nine, they were tied in 19 under, and it looked like a classic showdown, like a clash of the titans. Then my boy, Patrick Canley, came into the table with only a 5% chance to win via data golf, carded nine birdies on Sunday, and ended up beating them both by one. So Kevin, two weeks ago, you are pretty vocal about Canley knocking it down on Sunday at the Shriners. What do you think of Canley's performance today? Well, this is what I was looking for at the Shriners. I mean, okay. what's there? This is this is what a guy like this is supposed to do. He he came in on Sunday a little a little bit behind those other two guys and he played an amazing round of golf. And that's that's the kind of player I think he is and I think that maybe me challenging him after that result at the Shriners is what gave him the motivation to get it done today. I I I'm, I'm thrilled for him. He played great. Um this is what I was expecting when I chose him for my one and done that week. And I know that's why he's one of your boys is because, you know, he has this potential. So you think he's a loyal listener to the pod and he's like, he, you just feel the fire. He's like, man, that Kevin, I got it. I got to prove that Kevin. He's wrong, got that man. up on the bulletin board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was trying to give him some bulletin board material and I know it helped him. And <laughs> I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, I'm happy for you, Adam. One of your boys is making strides. Did this get him in the top 10 in the world? I think it did. Yeah, I think yeah. he's ninth now. And I think, I mean, we only did our boys like a month ago. I think that's pretty good for all of us. Our success has been pretty early and fast here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, and not just wins too. Like all of our boys have found success, I think, early in this uh, season. I, can't, I had a little bit of a hard time getting ready for this podcast, trying to define exactly what it was about today that made his round, you know, the winning round. Um and I don't know if you guys can describe it better, but in just quickly in one word, how do you describe Cantley's golf game? Craig, why don't you start? So the best I could come up with is methodical. Oh, okay. Oh, because to me, like if you, when you watch him play, he's so, whether it's making the read with his caddy coming up with how they're going to approach a putt or anything, it just looks like whether it's, it's, pre-shot or just the tempo of his swing it's just everything is very textbook very proper very picture perfect and then as adam says he'll like he'll sit there and get settled in for a little while before he pulls the trigger and makes his putt so to me methodical is how i describe it so i'm going to jump in here adam because that really plays right up to mine that i thought of which is deliberate oh, okay okay <laughs> so i think his game is very deliberate he doesn't do he doesn't pull the trigger until he's ready to go he yeah. knows exactly what he wants to do and he makes sure he's comfortable with it before he pulls the trigger and uh you know the results spoke for themselves today so i'm gonna go di- well it's kind of the same but i'm going patient my one word <laughs> to describe him is patient mm-hmm. and it, it kind of it's overarching it's got it's not just today it's not just his game he's had to be patient with his careers patient with his yeah. injuries i mean he's taken years off when he's probably in the prime I mean, obviously not his prime physical condition because he's injured, but the prime of like a typical person golfer's life. Um, so, I, yeah, I think patient, like you guys said, he can stand over a ball for a while. He's very deliberate, methodical when he when he approaches the game. Um, but it's by no means boring, I don't think. He's fantastic. Yeah, and well, I think there's a few things. can be debated a little bit, but... And I also think uh, he gets a bad rap for being a slow player, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I think he kept pace... I think he keeps pace fine. I think he's actually a whole of head of uh, JT and Rom in their group. Yeah, well, a lot of these guys can be super slow players, and yeah. I, I think that's a discussion for a whole nother day because I don't want to go <laughs> yeah, on another yeah. rant at the top of the podcast. <laughs> um but the thing that he said in one of his, his post-round interviews that I, I, I really liked, because to me it really is is what, uh, with so many of these top golfers, he said he's been playing good, and it was just a matter of putting the four rounds together. Like he said, he, he felt he's been playing good, but it's just like there'd be one round each week that like would just sewer his chances of winning. And I feel like that's the case 
you know, we'll get into other guys later on, but it just seems to be the case that it's really hard to do it throughout the whole four day week of a tournament. The other thing he said in a post round interview, at least I saw that he said, um, he took down the Zozo, which Tiger was defending, and he plans to take down another tournament that Tiger is defending here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I like think that. there's I a lot like of that, that, that Tiger's defending. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like. Well, that. We all know what that one is. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought his game today. You know, he, he's one of those guys. You see him at the at the, around the top of the leaderboard, and you kind of expect it. It's not like it's a surprise to see him up there. Yeah. Um, and, but today he just kept creeping up and up and up. And I think it was holes, what was it? 11 to 15. I think he birdied four of those five holes and it just kind of shot him all of a sudden. He just shot in front of JT and Rom and, and that was it. He got, he pulled far enough ahead that they couldn't catch him. And, um, he kind of did it sneaky quiet, but well, well yeah, I, like, I, I had 14 and 15 down as the real, like when it, it felt like he sort of took control and it, it was sort of a two man race and he was lingering in the background. And then that's where he was like, no, I'm, I'm a player here. Uh, and 14 was a, a par four that wasn't very low scoring. Um, and he made a long putt that just last couple yeah. revolutions fell into the hole. Um, which was great. And then 15 was, you know, it's going to be the, the shot that's really remembered from this tournament. That's that tough little par three with the creek in front of it. Right. And he almost holed out. And then, and then, you like know, it was a downhill putt apparently. One. Shockingly close to a hole in one. Yeah. And then apparently it's a really tough downhill putt too. And then he, he made that putt. And then uh, it just felt like at that point uh, he was right there with them. And then they didn't get it done. I think the other thing to note with his tournament as well is, I mean, yes, there's really easy scoring out there and the the scores are generally pretty low, but he went 61 holes without a bogey. That's incredible. Three rounds of golf plus his first seven. He didn't get a bogey until a par three eighth on Sunday. Which Which was a hole that was playing brutally tough today. Yeah. Really tough. I, I, was as I told you guys before, was doing the hole by hole betting, and after a while, I realized going over <laughs> par on eight was a pretty good bet. <laughs> That's how you're getting your money. <laughs> That's where I was making my money today. I was losing it in enough other places, so <laughs> yeah. that was one money maker, anyways. So, so let's talk about Justin and uh, Justin Thomas and John Rom a little bit. What happened to those guys? Those those guys are both guys I love watching. They're passionate. They're competitive. Um, even even when we got to 18 today, I said, don't count either of these guys out. I wouldn't be surprised if JT hold it. I won't be surprised if Rom makes yeah. a birdie, you yeah. know. Um, but what happened to them today? Well, they yeah, choked. Well, I think, <laughs> well, JT first. I think we brought this up a few times. When JT's, like, he's such a balanced player. He's so solid across the board. But I feel like the one thing when he is kind of shooting himself in the foot is he can't find the fairway with his driver. Yeah. So I think it was... 13 a par five um and he the classic jt points straight to the right like he overcut it um and then he couldn't get out of the rough from there and then it just kind of snowballed and then i mean not necessarily with the driver but then he kind of embedded that one on the par three as well but i I think 13 too i think he got a bit of a break because that was the one where he was in the rough and then it looked like he hit into a gully and it it kind of skipped up out of it uh and then and then he airmailed that over the green um it's kind of amazing when you look at his back nine that he finished one shot back only. Yeah. Well, because, yeah. because then there was 16, which he made an absolute mess of, the par five. He was, right in, he was in absolutely prime position off the tee with an mm-hmm. iron in his hand into that par five and just totally yeah. blocked one to the right. Like, it's yeah. a terrible swing in that moment. He knew it, but, I mean, that was his tournament. Some right would even there. say it's ugly. It, yeah, it was <laughs> you know what you know what craig why don't we just get back, get into that right now the good the bad and oh, the since ugly. you're walking all over, since okay, I'm walking so, all over. <laughs> so good bad and the ugly this week i'm i'm looking purely at the 16th hole uh you know this 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 course is known for these par fives and uh, this is you know 16th hole third from the third from the finish it's pivotal you always have very uh, volatile scoring on par fives so first off, we have, I mean, this this isn't the order they happened in because Cantley was a group or two ahead of the other guys. But right. uh, we had Rom take an iron off the tee there, which was a little bit questionable. Um, 
and laid way back and then he hit a three wood he went iron three wood and there's <laughs> that trouble <laughs> there's that trouble in front and i don't know if you guys saw that but it cleared it by like three feet maybe maybe <laughs> yeah maybe. it looked like a foot yeah um and so but anyways made a really nice shot from there got in with a birdie when he needed a birdie to to stay stay close uh, give himself a chance uh so so that's the good even though i i questioned it off the tee uh, the, bad, the, the announcers did too they were all yeah, over him they were very unhappy with that <laughs> um the bad patrick cantley uh he was I, I forget where he was in the fairway but he decided to lay up uh laid up to about 115 yards um to give himself a, a nice distance in and he hit there's that tree over on the left that really protected the green usually for people that were trying to come in on two right but, yeah but he was coming in uh you know with a little wedge and and he hit that fell into the bad rough and then he he, I, I don't. I don't think it was that bad of a shot. I think he just was in such a bad spot that he put himself to maybe you know ten, twelve feet, something like that, and and missed his missed his putt to try to save par. Ended up making a bogey there, yeah. Which um, you know potentially would have could have cost him the tournament, but unfortunately it didn't. Yeah, I was kind of when that happened. I was kind of waiting for Kevin to be like, "Oh, can't like can't close again." I was like, don't don't <laughs> well, even say it. <laughs> listen, if it if he wasn't able to close, I would be saying that right now. That was a terrible shot he hit for his third shot with a wedge in his hand. But he got. He, I mean, he, he had built himself a big enough lead. He got away with it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then last, the ugly, uh, Justin Thomas. So position eight, three hundred and ten yards off the tee to as close as you can get to to the edge of that first part of the fairway. He had two forty five to the hole. Um, iron in his hand, and he just sprayed it like 30 or 40 yards right of where it needed to be. Hit a tree. Uh, I don't know if it hit a tree, but it hit I the think bank. I it hit a tree. And then fell down into, into the, the creek. Yeah. And then he actually hit a pretty good, like he, he did pretty good work to to get up and down from there. Like that was, he hit a that was an great, amazing up and down from there. Great little suit. Like it was hard pan dirt that he was hitting off. Um, hit a nice little run-up wedge and then made the putt, made the putt to save par. But um, unfortunately for him, like at that point, par was not really what he needed. You know, he he yeah he needed it, like, put him to a position yeah. where he had to birdie the uh, seventeen, which was a, a tough par three. I mean, not super tough, but it was right. doable. Still, but like really, yeah. seven uh, sixteen was the birdie hole for him, and yeah. and he he just missed his chance there. He had to go birdie, birdie after that to even have a chance. Yeah. And he almost did it. To well, be and fair, he but made the birdie on 18. So it was really had, 16 there where. He hit a great putt on 17 too that just burned the lip. But yeah. the, again, you're right. 16 is what cost him a chance to win the tournament. Yeah. I think uh, his approach on 16, the mics picked it up. He said something like, get more lucky than you've ever gotten in your life. Like he yeah. sprayed and he's like, come <laughs> on, get yeah. something here. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're. You know, the, the announcers were hyping Rom and JT as a future Tiger and Phil. Well, and, and before we move on from, from Rom and JT, I feel like we can't move on from Rom unless we talk about the fact that he shanked a ball on, on Thursday. On Thursday. Just a pure hosel job. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. It got me down that wormhole where I started looking at old shanks of players. Yeah, of he's PGA got a few. Players. I think the uh, I don't know if you've seen that Hunter Mahan one in the match play championships. It's an all time. I don't remember. It's that a one. real good one. Um, the, but anyways, the difference between di- difference between him shanking it and everyone else is that he shanks it, makes a great little bogey save, and then almost wins the freaking tournament. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one. The one shot he maybe wanted back was the one that you know he could argue cost him the tournament in the end. But um, anyways, the the. Rom JT comparison to Tigerfield, does that mean Cantley winning is maybe like a Furyk sneaking up and taking one from those guys? Or no, I don't. I don't really think that Tigerfield has any place for that comparison. It's it's so different now. All these guys, they're they're so good. The like the group of golfers we have, I think it's a clear. Like I've talked about on the podcast before, it's a clear four at the top of the game, and then I think it's people trying to break into there. I also think Tiger versus Phil was never anything. Like they they said today that they'd only played together thirty eight times during their career, which may sound like a lot, 
But, I was surprised by that actually. But that it's only, only it was twice only thirty year. Like that's yeah. not very much considering how many rounds a year these guys are playing. Sorry, that was that on Sunday or just in total? No, they ever. Played? That's bizarre. That's. <laughs> I, th- I think the thing is, is that those two were just, they were one, two in the world for quite a long time. And so that's why everybody wanted more of a rivalry there than they actually got. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we kind of, we're kind of jumping all over the place here. Adam, let's get you your three stars for this week. Yeah. So my third star is your boy, Kevin, Tony Finau. Tony. Uh, Tony Finau. So he had a COVID-19 diagnosis and... I mean, we've seen a few that uh, DJ is currently out. Scotty Scheffler has been back for about a month from his diagnosis. But I mean, we're, we don't, unless they kind of offer up information, we're not really knowing what's going on with these guys, right? We don't know if they're asymptomatic or what. But uh, Finau said at some point during the weekend that he, like, it hit him hard and he was fatigued and mm-hmm. he still doesn't have a sense of taste, I think, or maybe taste and smell. So when he got this, like, it, it was serious for him for well, and I think that's the first golfer we've heard about that was actually talking about the symptoms and talking about yeah, uh, you know that it was not just a I have to stay home and be quarantined. It was like I got sick. Yeah, yeah, and I, so I mean he's coming to his first tournament back. Uh, I think he was a fade. Um, craved, I faded I think, him. Yeah, and I think that but I, I didn't that want to, and I faded him in <laughs> I faded him in DFS as well. Um, but he comes back. He plays four rounds under 70. He got uh, t- he was tied for 11th in the end. He was positive in every stroking category across the board. I just think, I mean, we've seen these guys come back from asymptomatic diagnosis and be kind of flat. I'm just really impressed with how he came back. And he like it clearly affected him. And he came back as good as he's been kind of leading in. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Very impressed. If it wasn't for that ugly triple too, he would have been right in contention in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys know I was texting you right when he went birdie eagle there on Saturday. I was pretty pumped. I'd I'd just taken him at, I think, 20 to 1 at that point, and he got himself in a tie for the lead and proceeded to triple the next hole. So, you know. The memes started flying after that. I think, <laughs> you were going to see if you could sell it those same odds still. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's nice to see my boy get back into you know into form before yeah. the Masters, but um, a little bit disappointing to see where he ended up finishing. Given that he, you know, I think he finished at minus fifteen. He was seventeen. Like was he seventeen? Seventeen is where he got to essentially at the turn on on saturday so a little disappointing he couldn't take it deeper than that because yeah. he was right there with those guys um but you know a triple will do that to you too so mm-hmm. yeah um, good to see him back yeah for sure my second star i'm changing things up here because i invented this and i can do whatever i want but my second stars are justin thomas and john rom um it just i mean they they tie for second the two of them they we know who they are there's nothing really new i can say about jt or rom that you and don't were they know. were they who we thought they were? <laughs> they they were exactly who we thought we, they were. Uh, so that's why I kind of feel like it's such an easy gimme kind of one. That's why they're only getting half a star. They're each getting their tie for second. They're getting their second star. They can split it just like they split tie for second here in the tournament. So and I, honestly, I I I, I low key joke that they choked, but um, you know it was a it was a back nine that played under par. Either of them, both of them were 36 in the back. Either of them shoot one under on the back nine, and they're yeah. in a playoff. So um, there's a reason they're not the first star. And yeah, look at, again, look at JT's back nine. He was all over the place on that mm-hmm. back nine. So, you know, uh, it, yeah, it was either of their tournament to take, and they didn't. So that's, I guess that's why they have to be relegated to the second star. I do like those two guys. I do love how competitive they are. And even when Justin Thomas didn't hold his approach shot on 18, like he was like on himself for not doing that. Like that is so bad. (laughs) You're like three feet away. Like that's a great (laughs) shot. Um, So yeah, there's my second star is my first star (laughs) is my boy, Patrick Cantley. Uh, I I went in depth on our, my boy episode. You can download that about Patrick Cantley, his backstory, all that. It's kind of, it's a really interesting kind of uh, story he has, but another stat I pulled up uh, just because he's like, like JT, like Xander, I feel like he's a very balanced player. 
So positive and stroke scene uh, again, but so we have four main stroke scenes. We have off the tee, approach, around the green, and putting, right? Mm-hmm. Four kind of big ones there. In his since 2017, for a full season, he's only been negative in a stroke scene stat once. So of 20 opportunities, he was negative in putting by negative 0.18. So for five And that's years, not uncommon because putting can be such a volatile stat. Exactly. So it's just, he's so well-rounded and that's why he's my boy. And I think he also cracked into the official role golf ranking uh, for, I don't know if it's the first time ever, but. The top 10, um, you mean? I think he's been in the top 10. I think he's been there before. I think he has. I think you're right. But nice to see him in that top 10. Like I I think I said in my boys, I want to see him crack the top five. I think that's possible. Maybe take down his first major. Um, So yeah, really encouraging win and just. Very and like solid. A, and the hometown mean. win, you know, Long Long Beach, California, native, about an yeah. hour away. I think they said uh, went to so, UCLA. Yeah, the, you just you really have to like to see this one. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you got to give it up to the guy. This is a strong field. Um, these guys like Cantley, who are always around the top of the leaderboard. This is was part of my. My gripe about his finish at the Shriners <laughs> is I think guys like this need to get the wins because yeah. they're not they're not looking for, you know, you could t- I I loved Rom and JT today they were both pissed that they got second it's not like some guys is yeah. like yeah you know I finished second that's a great finish you know they were both choked they're there to win and Canley I think is he's in that category he's that good and that's what he should be that should be his goal um, so it's nice to see guys like that. I don't think he's won since the memorial. Correct me if I'm wrong. So it's been a little bit. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think the memorial right. last year. Um, you know, you you like to see these guys get get wins under their belt and and kind of keep the momentum rolling. Otherwise, it it can a year or two can go by without a win and yeah, yeah. and then it starts know? to like oh like I need a win. It's been too long. I need exactly. Um, the one for- thing I was going to say, though, about about Rom, uh, his interview afterwards that I loved is, you know, they were like, talk. I forget what they were talking about, maybe the putt on 18 when he had a chance. And um, he was like, well, like, yeah, you could go back to there. You could go back, you could go back to the first hole of my tournament on number 10 when I had a three foot putt for birdie and I missed it. And like, <laughs> like for them, the reality is they Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they know any of those loose any loose swing any missed putt could be the difference for them um winning and losing and i just love that that's that's how their mentality that like oh i know on thursday that that might cost me the win yeah and that's that, crazy but, thing about and that that's like the top guys are like that but the, every guy on tour is like that because we've talked about it before with you know with Mackenzie hughes making the tour championship it's mm-hmm. like any finished it wasn't quite as good as it was wouldn't have got him those fedex cup points to put him in that position so that he a 10th place finisher whatever it was gave him enough points to get into the tour champ yeah every stroke all year counts yeah like i mean you look at you look at lanto griffin lanto griffin today and they're just talking about and it was not a good round you know he was even he was 72 on the day um but you could bet your ass he was grinding for every stroke to be as high on that leaderboard as he can be because he was tied for 11th and that's a pretty darn good finish for him. So, um, yeah, yeah. good on him seeing him up there again after last week. You know, that's yeah. two, in, two in a row where he's right around the top 10. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, both times Sunday, you know, he left he left some out there on Sunday, but uh, still nice to see him playing that well. Speaking of that, another guy that was, you know, right around the top of the leaderboard uh, last week was Russell Henley. He was up there mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. Another impressive performance. I, I think he played quite poorly one of the days on Thursday or Friday, but shot a really nice he round He had a really yesterday. low round yesterday. It was 63 yeah. yesterday. And then followed it up. And I think he ended up being top five, didn't he? Yeah. I, I want to yeah. say he was, he was fourth. He's fourth. Tied for fourth. Oh, tied fourth. Tied yeah. fourth. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, good on him to follow that up back to back. That's that's mm-hmm. a, another great finish. Um, anybody else you guys want to talk to? We got a few guys. Uh, well, I know. mean, Corey Connors, Canadian. There's yeah. a little shout out there. He had a great day today. Um, I, I I went away from my boy Mackenzie Hughes. Just, I was just giving <laughs> him a break from the pressure of the pod. I wanted to pick a different top Canadian, so you know I picked Corey Connors, ball striking wizard. Uh, yeah, you for know, sure. Finished nice and high for me this week. It's nice to see him. Um, kind of rounding back into form. He had a few tournaments there where he didn't play as well 
Um, but you know, he's like I say, his ball striking is up there with the best of them. So Connors, we're talking about Connors. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did you see and like? his ball striking is up there with the best of them and his putting is just shaky. there's <laughs> there's there. a few times they cut to him today uh, he had like <laughs> a i want to say like a three footer and he missed it and the broadcaster is just like yeah he didn't put a great stroke on that one it's <laughs> like yeah that's that's he's the, one of those guys where he i mean you'll have a par five and you see on like the pga tour app and he's 15 feet away for eagle you're like Please just make birdie. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. three putt it. Just get at least yeah. a birdie. I know yeah. those. It, it's it's tough. Those guys that you're really pulling for when you yeah. see them in there, and you're just like, you're just thinking worst case scenario all the time. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it's like when you're cheering against somebody and you see them with a 15 foot eagle putt. You're like, he's gonna make it. And yeah. when it's your yeah. guy, you're like, just make a birdie. <laughs> yeah. um, a guy at uh, T4, Bubba Watson, was in my stock up last week on the podcast. Um, but then I ended up fading him this week, so I kind of feel conflicted. <laughs> well, his stock just shot up so high that you were like, "Whoa, everybody out there, pump the brakes!" Well, I was, yeah, I was on him as a sleeper a week ago, and then he was like, "Stock up." I was kind of pumping his tires, and then everybody was talking about him like, "Whoa, guys, let's slow down a little bit here." And um, he, him, so he was also in that tied for fourth group. But uh, the thing that stood out to me, uh, apparently, the, his caddy is just saying he's playing great golf. So, um, yeah. You know, heading into uh, heading into a course here in a above few above a weeks, track above a track where we know okay. he has history. Um, I'd love to see him carry that form through. Yeah. Oh, I sure wouldn't. Well, I mean, I don't mean to win it. I just mean to like to have the drama of Bubba involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, another guy up at the top of the leaderboard there I wanted to mention was Joel Damon. He, uh, you know, always a fan favorite. I don't know, Craig. You mentioned the gladiator moment. Yeah, so on uh, I forget what hole it is, but there you know there's a bunch of houses out there where basically there it sounds like there's parties going on, yeah. COVID or not. Um, and, and sorry, not houses, but like million dollar mansions. mansions yes, <laughs> I mean that those are some nice properties. There's some nice places out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it seems like a few of them were pretty rowdy too, and uh, and so Damon <laughs> makes like a I don't know ten or fifteen footer for birdie on uh, on a green that's right beside one of them, and he just goes, "Are you not entertained?" <laughs> like the classic <laughs> classic gladiator moment. It was I it was great. It. Like it was it's good. one of those. That's great. Yeah, he's an entertainer. He's not just a golfer. For sure. So I follow him on Instagram. I also follow Bryson DeChambeau. So anybody who didn't see it, Bryson DeChambeau came out with a video, a promotion. Uh, is it a promotional video promoting I don't the, know. the Bryson brand? Well, it's his brand, so, man. He says it's all about the brand. Yeah, it's you know the silhouette of the of the little hat he wears, the little Puma hat. Yeah. Anyways, Bryson's was was. I, I'm sorry, obnoxious of him <laughs> getting off a private plane, walking it past his protein drinks, getting into a Bentley and then just cruising in the car and it kind of fades away to the sky and then says chasing 215 miles per hour or something like that. It's just like yeah. it's really high production quality with no self-awareness. That's what, that's what it <laughs> screams to me, you know. That's a great way to put it. No self-awareness at all. So I, I saw this. And I was like, oh, my God. And then Joel David comes out with one. Uh, there, I think it was yesterday where he says, Jason 170, and it shows him slowly warming up on the range, loosening up, <laughs> doing some stretches. with the weighted club, doing some, some exercise with a little ab roller. He's like, <laughs> at one point, he's like, leg raises. And- <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was he. He has a track man where he has one sixty six like circled on it, <laughs> highlighted. It was just mint. I was howling about it. Yeah, I, I, the guy is hilarious. He's he's one of the best followers. I think he's one of the best characters on tour, and yeah, I get a kick out of him all the time. I'm always happy to see him up there too because I've heard him talk about how he loves he loves cashing these big checks. So <laughs> yeah, this nice will be a new addition for the house or a new kitchen or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I like seeing him up there for sure. Yeah. Anybody else you guys want to talk about? Should we should we touch on it at all the Tiger and Phil? Well, matchup today, you know, like I mean, was... I I was a little bit annoyed. Like, yes, it's great to see Tiger and Phil playing together. I just am so annoyed that how much attention they let that take over when you know they're both in seventieth place in a tournament out of seventy seven or something. Um, 
like I, I get it. If if Tiger is anywhere near the top ten, he's going to attract a, all the cameras. And same with Phil these days. You know, it, I just I don't know why we have them as a feature group. I don't know yeah, well, why. Craig, like, I want I want to know what's going on in the tournament. I don't want to watch like the Tiger and Phil play around together hour. You know. Fair enough, but you got to understand that there's, there was 127 combined wins in that group, PGA Tour wins. That's yeah, like, and if you had Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player, they'd have a lot of wins too. But I don't want to watch them play golf when a, you know a PGA <laughs> tournament. Yeah, well, people do. That's why do you think they take a ceremonial tee shot every time at the Masters? They can't get around the whole course. But, anymore, but that's what but I mean. They, like, I, I get it. I'd be totally fine with it if it's Thursday or Friday. But when it's Sunday, and like you could have a feature group of people who might charge and be relevant this week. Like, I think that's where that's when you need to get away from it. But they, I think they just saw Tiger and Phil were matched up together, and they couldn't they couldn't resist. You know. So let let me pose a question to you. Can you remember a time when? Tiger was playing in a tournament when he wasn't in a feature group. Oh, no! I mean, he's no. always he's he's gonna be in a feature group. It just happened that Mickelson was also in the same group as him today. But every time I, I, Tiger I guess plays, it's, but it's he's like, gonna it's be like one the, of the feature groups. in these no cut tournaments. That's that's when it just becomes a problem. That like, I, I mean, maybe it's also partially because in Canada here we all we get until you know the leaders are in the back nine by the time we get regular broadcasts so like we don't yeah. have coverage of anything until it, i'm sorry is that different and i, I don't know if it's different in, in the states or not but but really so like sweet i get to watch tiger and phil shoot their you know whatever they shoot but it's not relevant to the tournament like but, you, but it, then we're, the feature group that is going to be on on golf tv or pj tour live is going to be a group that's out early that's kind of what they do and so they pick a marquee player and then you know whoever's playing with them kind of gets highlighted and it so you know today the other one for a while was what mcelroy Hubbard. well they had mcelroy at, like they they typically have two featured groups and so they yeah, had right. rory's group and then they had but then usually the other group is someone from the upper half of the tournament. It's yeah. just anyways, my my point yeah. was that the other group, it's not like they were relevant for the tournament either. You know, like but if he, you like Rory, sure you want to watch the other group, but he wasn't. Yeah, a but still like I'd rather see, you know, Xander go out there and post a minus seven or like Daniel Burt, like these people who yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, like maybe this is where I just it just seems so backwards to me that like grow if you want to grow the brand of the pga don't just like point the camera at the people who were relevant over the last 20 years like try to find the people who are relevant now going forward and i, I think that, i think other sports do a lot better job of that than the pga does i agree the and other- the pga has chosen guys that are their guys and they pretty much you know they they always feature those guys guys like burger he gets burger gets no love like i kind of stopped putting money on Berg because i never got to see how he was playing and like see how it would turn <laughs> you'll out you'll still so. see cooch all the time you'll still oh, see no. yeah you'll still not, see not so much the last couple of years but but you but know what i mean also, like when they flipped over to golf channel like the regular broadcast they were still cutting to phil and tiger it wasn't yeah. just well, it's because group. they like, have the crew with them they have the camera crew with them so they yeah. they only have so much equipment there yeah fair enough well you know i think we've talked enough about that let's move yeah. on I, I i hear what you guys yeah. are saying though as a tiger homer though uh, I kind of like it still too, so I, I'm not going to complain. Um, let's quickly. So you guys, do you guys want to talk about anybody else in the field this week um, before we go to our picks recap? No, let's go. Let's get going. Yeah, okay. let's, let's do it. Picks recap. So you know, I've I've kind of thought about this a little bit, and I just like to. I, I hope all of our listeners and and viewers realize now that our fades might as well be winner picks and. Our winner picks fades. Like it doesn't really seem to matter that much. This week we we nailed it with the fades. If you're if you're talking about trying to fly close to the sun, I mean, I picked. Craig was giving me flack last time for picking a guy that wasn't high enough in the in the pre tournament line. So basically, I if they decided to go with not... the favorite of the tournament and fade wrong, this week. <laughs> it was an and aggressive did, fade. I win. like it. To he me, that's win, like so. that's a prime fade. You faded the guy that was that was the favorite, and he. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed yeah. it. Adam, Adam didn't quite get do as well with that. He got Bubba tied for fourth, and, and Craig faded Fino, who just finished outside the top ten. So yeah, I just to me, like I think we should be fading a top ten guy. So 
Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, then we nailed it. We nailed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Not a so, top 10 finisher, but a top 10 entry in the tournament. <laughs> so our, our winner picks this week, Adam had Webb, Craig had Hatton, I had Hatton. Um, you know, not anything to write home about really Hatton. He was he was doing really well early, but faded yeah. pretty hard on the weekend. So I was telling Adam on, uh, I think it was uh, Wednesday when we do our Twitch show, um, mm-hmm. that I actually probably would have picked JT to win, except... I didn't have time to like, I, I was giving you guys my picks on Wednesday and I was like, a hat and one and done. Like, I, I care more about getting my one and done pick because that's <laughs> the one that like, I feel like we're tracking over the course of the year. And so I was like, oh yeah, win and one and done. But uh, good thing JT didn't win or else I would have had some serious FOMO there. Oh yeah. The one and done is a, is a pressure pick. That's for sure. I'm just so, so choked. So yeah, just some, uh, recap them here. One and done. Adam had Tiger who finished T72 <laughs> in a no cut event. The last two weeks, Adam, I believe your finishers have been T69 and T72. So you, I think you've added a, another 13,000 here. So I, I guess my question is, I picked Tiger because I know he's going to get four rounds of golf. Are you guys saving Tiger for a certain time? Like, are, I'm, Kevin, I'm I, saving Tiger. I, I don't it, know if uh, I will play Tiger. You know what? I think I that's also, a better response. So like, no, if you think about it, what tournaments does Tiger play in? I feel like in, in reality, let me tell you my my rationale here. You guys know it's like it's like I can never bet on the Vikings. All right, it's too close to my heart. I can't putting t- that kind of pressure on someone I cheer so hard for, anyways, to also deliver something else is it's too much. You, I can't. It's, yeah, the, you the can't fall pick is too. The masters, the, man. That yeah, well, I would <laughs> take him to Augusta, Kev. It just makes sense. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ruling it out yet. I'll, I'm going to get a feel going into the week, and we'll see what happens. I, luckily, I got two two Masters this year that to potentially play him. So I'll see what his form's like. We'll see. Maybe, you know, with Tiger, maybe we'll see him at the Houston Open. They're talk, he's talking about maybe... Okay, can we move on from Tiger? Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. let's wrap so, it up. <laughs> so, well, Adam, Adam had him in the one and done. Craig had Hatton, who finished T28, and I had Webb Simpson, who finished T17. So... Can I Pull just for one up. second moan about my one and one and done luck? Like Hatton came out and was tied for second after the first day, and basically went backwards the rest of the, the rest of the weekend. It just is. I I feel like I'm nailing these picks, and it's just so, so frustrating. Craig, in the whatever we have eight events so far, you have one top twenty, and it's from a guy that's not even a PGA Tour member. Yeah, but like, (laughs) man, I was counting. I was like, how much does after the first day? I was like, how much does first place get here? Oh yeah, it definitely (laughs) will be in first by the end of this week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I also have bad luck. Webb like pretty much destroyed the hole on eighteen, and it didn't go in. So he finished, you know, a a slot back of where he should have, really. But anyways, um. I'll, I'll move on. Um, so yeah, the the updated standings. Craig has a accumulated about a what a uh, fourth place finish on tour with three hundred thousand so far. Yeah, um, nah, Adam, I would take same it. Same thing, and I am at one point four million now. So still just one win, man. Still just one win. <laughs> man, it's the crown is heavy up here. All right, I need you guys to come up here so I stop having so much pressure every Wednesday when I'm trying to get my picks ready. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm loving this. Um, yeah, the higher, the higher, the hill, the greater the fall. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm feeling right now. All right. I need you guys to start climbing that hill. Um, Craig, why don't you give us your stock up and stock stock down after this week? Okay, so stock up, uh, you know, we, we touched on him briefly, but Russell Henley, he played well last week. He played well this week, finished tied for fourth, 19 under. Um, I, I was looking through his his numbers a bit, but he was ranked 222nd at the start of 2020. He has... In the, in the world. In the world. Yeah. He, since the COVID uh, restart, he's played 12 tournaments. He's got five top 10s. Wow. You'd have to go back, like prior to the COVID break, you'd have to go back, I think, to the start of 2018 to to find his previous five top 10s. So um, really just just playing great in these last few months and, and um, really paying attention to it now. Uh, he's now up to 62nd in the world. Um, but the other thing about him, 
he he lost over a stroke around putting this week and his ball striking is just off the charts i was talking about this with adam uh when we Mm -hmm. were doing a a dfs show that we always talk about justin thomas and his approach play because justin thomas is typically we think of as the best in the world when it comes to approach strokes gains approach but russell henley is outgaining him over the past uh, 12 months and the past six months and the past three months at first i thought it was just like i looked at like the past month and it was like oh henley is like at the top and then i kept like extending the period backwards and he he's just playing great like his ball striking his ball striking is off the charts right now um so yeah, just uh, I really wanted to to note that and point that one out. So, so he I, led I got... the he led the tournament in strokes gained TD Green. He was all, like he was like point eight better than the next person who was John Rom. Like that's yeah. unbelievable. Wow. And I that's gotta per, ask though, is, is per round. So is JT the right. ben, like the the benchmark for approach strokes gained approach? I, I don't pour over the numbers as much as you guys do, but I I think of jt's game is so solid all around that i don't necessarily think of him as the so jt like for the so yes he is he him and morikawa were i was gonna say morikawa who is who comes to mind for me so they um they were neck and neck but jt had him by a bit for the you know the 2019 2020 season okay um but jt just typically so the thing that's a little bit different with JT compared to the other top guys is that usually their strokes gained off the tee, like all of the other top guys, you know, Rom, DJ, Rory, um, like of, I think even Morikawa, JT actually gains less off the tee. I mean, some of those are obvious, but right. uh, I, I'm pretty sure he was, he was less than Morikawa even, which surprises me but i think it's just because he has such a weakness with spraying it and uh, yeah but anyways with russell henley um the, if i'm taking a quick look here i don't think he has any major exemptions coming up so um it's it's impressive you, i just kind of hope he gets like whatever he needs to do to get into these big tournaments yeah yeah well moving up the world rankings and the, and the fedex cup rankings helps too yeah for that yeah, yeah. So speaking of strokes um, yeah. gained approach. Speaking of strokes gained approach, my stock down, Colin Morikawa. Um, he finished tied for 50th this week in a field of 77 people. Um, and to me, he's just been very, very low-key bad since the PGA Championship. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, we his best finish since then is, is a tied for 7th, but... That was at the Tour Championship where we only have 30 people. Um, he has since, so since the PGA Championship, I mean, the big hit on Morikawa has been that his putter has been bad. And yeah. it it seemed like, okay, he won a major and he was not expected to have won a major by now. So people kind of just moved on from the fact that he is a bad, has been a bad putter. Right. He is since, so we've got seven tournaments since the PGA Championship. He is over, losing over half a stroke per round since, in those seven tournaments. Every tournament Mm. with a cut since then, he's missed the cut. The only time he's had finishes have been tournaments where we have, um, you know, no cut tournaments, but... Which is crazy because when he started his career, he was kind of on that uh, mm-hmm, the no cut, cut streak, streak. the yeah. Tiger threatening Tigers record, right? Yeah, it was like twenty some events. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like I love Colin Morikawa. I love his game. I think you know long term, but to me, it's just he's a stock down right now because I I don't know. I think his putting is in a bad spot, and he needs to kind of get get a, a reset there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, who do you have moving up and moving down this week? Yeah, so moving up, my stock up is Rory McIlroy. Um, I feel like we haven't talked about him much on the podcast, but he had a kind of low-key good week. Um, first off, did we talk about the hoodie yet? No, we haven't talked about the hoodie or the club snap. Or the club. So Sunday, <laughs> he pulled out the hoodie. Uh, and he planted you know, his flag in the whole hoodie hoodie debate. So Haddon, I think, is a big Adidas guy, right? So I Rory so. came out with a Nike one. So maybe there's like an Adi- like Nike was like, hey man, we gotta get you wearing a hoodie out here. So what do you guys think who who wore it best? 
Hatton. Hatton. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. He's just kind of he kind of looks more like a boxer. Did you guys you know? did you guys watch the feature coverage of Roy at all? Yeah. A There's bit, a few yeah. times he was like adjusting it, like he wasn't super comfortable. <laughs> I was gonna say Hatton seems more like a natural hoodie guy, whereas Roy, See, I don't know. It's, is, it is, must he become- a, is he a Phil natural Knight, hoodie guy? Well, he might be, but it like it came out of the box that Nike sent it to him in, and it has not been like you know like when it's like stiff still, like yeah. you get a yeah. good quality hoodie and the hood's still like stiff and awkward. It, it seemed like that was a little bit the case. Yeah. So on was it Thursday? He his approach on the eighteen. He kind of put his iron in the ground and then kind of just gave it a little extra bit and and snapped it. Um, he had a rough start to his tournament, but yeah. Snapped yeah. his club on 18. Um, but so starting the good with Rory. He made 29 birdies on the week. That was most in the tournament. Wow. That's most he's seven, ever made. Most he's ever made and most in the tournament. That's about 7.25 a day. Or that's exactly 7.25 a day. <laughs> <laughs> Round three. So, I mean, he, he had a rough start, but he cleaned it up. Round three, he was plus 4.43 strokes T to green. Round four, he was plus 3.32 strokes T to green. Um yeah, I think he's just, I mean, and then we kind of know his whole master's story. So I, I really like that form leading in for him. Yeah, he broke a club and he was minus 16 after he broke a club. So I think he just needs to, sometimes you just need to, he, he's too buttoned up all the time these days. He just needs to sometimes let it go and then move on and make birdies. Yeah. So are you uh, are you teasing a master's pick there, Adam? Or do you really like his form more than the competition or do you just like that he's getting back into form for him actually i really i mean besides speed you guys know i've been talking about speed for the masters for a long time now on the pod uh yeah, I, we need to figure <laughs> out what our garcia speed yeah. stakes are gonna be i, I still don't really about understand a, but... a case of local beer or something oh yeah saying. that's what we were talking about but the other thing i was gonna say just on that note real quick apparently garcia is like gonna play a tennis tournament before the masters what? Yeah, I'll do more research and I'll let you know. He's gonna roll an ankle or something. Why is he doing that? Um, but sorry, back to Rory. I was thinking about. So I've been hyping Rory for a couple weeks for ten weeks now. Um, (laughs) just that he's coming back into form. And and what Cantley said after winning that he felt like he had been playing well and he kind of had just had that one round a week that was holding him back. To me, that's a little bit where Rory is. Is that we're seeing really good play from him, but like there's always you know an 18 holes or nine holes Uh, or even within a round there's a few holes where he gets a few holes yeah yeah yeah, exactly and that's i mentioned it on the pod last week and that's been costing him um being in contention um Mm -hmm. but when you're making 29 birdies in a week like that's you you should be in contention yeah yeah i just hope people get a little bit sleepy on him and i think it's the right time to kind of to get rory to get on rory right now because i think he's going to do something big here. What's maybe that we'll, line may, setting at right now? Any maybe idea? We'll, maybe sure we'll see him uh, close out the slam in a few weeks. Exactly. I'd, I'd love, love to, to see, see it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, who do you have moving down there, Adam? Okay, moving down. I got uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I think I said in one of our shows, Craig, I called him like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Um, but I, I'm going to change it up. I'm actually going with the tale of two Tommies. It's a play. <laughs> okay, we're going the tale of two Tommies. So his last three starts, yeah, I mean, we know he goes back and forth between the PGA and the European Tour. Um, but his last three starts in Europe, he was T13, second, and T3. His last three starts in North America were T57, T59, and miscut. And these are like spliced in within each other. They're not like, there's not different sections. Now, were They're- these good fields? Because, I mean, I think the Euro Tour has very good fields, but they also have some tournaments that... Uh, you know, I feel like Tommy Fleetwood can almost walk into a top 10 just be based on the quality of golfer he is, you know? Yeah, I mean, we have the BMW PGA Championship, which Hatton won. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that was where he's 13th. Um, the Scottish Open, he was second. and I think Lost in a playoff. Lost in a playoff. Um, Portugal Masters, T3. So, so not, not super weak events or anything. No, it's not. I mean, the Italian Open, I think, was a weaker event. It's not like he's going over there and getting losing yeah, yeah, in the playoff, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, it's my stock down. I still don't know what's going on with him with his PGA play right now. His European, like it, it really seems completely two different Tommies. Tale of two Tommies. The tale of two Tommies. What's going on, Tommy? He, you know, he's, he's <laughs> one of these guys that, that 
tends to show up sometimes again every maybe every second one in the in the majors. So maybe he's just trying to work on some shots and get ready maybe for Augusta. I'm, maybe I'm like saving him for the uh, British for the Open Championship for the one and done. And pencil yeah, I, that one in. Maybe. I don't know about that. But yeah, but so, maybe I'll tell you that to mess yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mind games have begun. <laughs> All right, so for my stock up this week, I'm going to go with John Rahm. I uh, I faded him this week. It was mostly out of uh, spite because I was <laughs> I was challenged that I wasn't fading somebody that was high enough. So I you were fading people that favorite. should be sleepers. Um, but but truthfully, Rahm over the past so since the um, was it the BMW he won over DJ. So since then, he's kind of had some mediocre play he hasn't done much i think he's been kind of t20 something t30 something in a couple events i i just kind of the reason i faded him too is i he hadn't really done anything Mm -hmm. as of late to show that his game was on super it it seemed like you know he won the memorial and he won the bmw and it seemed like he was on a in a great spot and then it seemed like he was on a heater it's been middling yeah it seemed like he could he could win any tournament I think and, it's and kind then, of hilarious that he's your stock up. He also hasn't got uh, worse than twenty top twenty five in the past half so, year. I, and I mean, the but I mean, he's a all, different standard of player. Yeah, yeah, like, relative, and, right? And like, like, like whatever is you know the tour championship sixth. That's not a great finish. Like, no, I guess it is, but he it's, probably started he, you know you, right around there too. Oh, so, sorry, I'm looking at the ones where it's what he did that week. But anyways, no, yeah. Anyways, so. What I'm saying is it's all relative for him. I think it's good to see him, you know, get another uh, high finish challenge for the in for the win. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, that putt could have dropped on on 18, and he could have for sure he could have yeah. won in a playoff, right? So heading into Augusta, a tournament he is, you know, his game is is perfect for really he yeah. should be somebody who can contend there it's good to see that his game is where it needs to be going into that and yeah he he just impressed me this week he's my stock up is somebody had kind of you know he was a bit more on the back burner than he probably should have been in my mind and um he played great other than one that of the one, best, that one, one of the best shank. drivers when he is in contention too they said that and i i thought that was so true like i i can't think of a time where He's sprayed like I think of JT yeah. spraying him. I think of even Tiger back in the day. He would spray it, and then he would do some ridiculous recovery shot. But like yeah. John Rom, just when he is in contention, he's just so rock solid off the tee. So, but didn't you love it today on eighteen, where both J, I mean JT had to eagle and he had to hole out, and Rom needed to birdie. They were they were literally on like the middle stripe of the fairway. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, oh yeah, in, in the bottleneck, they could not. They both just ripped their drives for me. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the competitor in those guys. Yeah. Um. So my stock down this week is Phil the Thrill, um, <laughs> Phil Mickelson. You know. Tale of Two Tommies, you say maybe it's a Tale of Two Tours for Phil. Oh, he's I on, like it. He's on the Champions Tour. He's winning everything. He's he's Perfect. throwing bombs out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on the PGA Tour, he's finishing in the back of the pack. You know, like um, his his style of play hasn't translated to success on the PGA Tour like it has on the on the uh, Champions Tour. So. You know, I don't know. I he's entertaining to watch. Um, I don't know that he has the game on the PGA Tour anymore. I wouldn't be shocked if he came out of nowhere and and put a week together and you know won another tournament maybe at some point. But I kind of think he's fallen out of the the conversation yeah, for some convention. of these big events with with these you know top players in the world. I don't think so. He so has that's what that I was going to say. Like he he anymore. likes to play in a lot of those lesser tournaments. For a very, you know, for a bunch of reasons, like I think he loves, especially once we have crowds back. I, I think he loves to do that and travel to different parts of the country and play in events that don't necessarily have the strongest field. So I can't really; it, it's hard to see him winning in a strong field. But I think there is that chance that he every, you know, he catches lightning in a bottle one of those weeks that it's a lesser tournament, and I could see him taking one of those down. But uh, but yeah, he's, he's- really. I also saw after his his last win on the senior tour where he was talking about how how nice it was that they didn't set the courses up to like 
to really wear these guys out. Like he's like, yeah, we played 36 today, but we were in a car, you know, like I'm still feeling pretty good. And <laughs> you know, they, they're a little bit, maybe not soft around those guys, but they're, well, they they're are accommodating totally are soft around them, but they're accommodating to the fact that they're in their fifties yeah, and yeah, beyond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. on the PGA tour, it's like, you know, it's a battle of the, of the Titans, you know, it's yeah. these guys are supposed to be in their prime and, you know, it's, it's, but if you uh, set up the courses the same way, like it, it would be silly for for the yeah. top, exactly. oh, yeah. the top twenty five, exactly. thirty year old players, you know. Exactly. Um, so, um, anyway, I think he he Phil is going to be looking for he's going to pick and choose, and he's going to look for courses that work with his style of play moving forward on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And in that sense, he may be able to find another win or two. But really, I think maybe you know his time is has. Come. I also feel like he's going to be one of these uh, guys that we're going to see him maybe like in a final one of the final pairings of a major in seven years. Is like, is Phil going to pull off this magic moment and then ultimately he, like he disappoint? Could. And he could, <laughs> you know, you know? Like, he could pull like got, a Tom Watson. Exactly, that's who I was thinking about. He's going to be yeah. around and like Phil's really going to make something special here. And then like, oh no, it's Phil going to be Phil. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the only way we see Phil in a in a major on Sunday is if he's in the broadcast booth. <laughs> oh, I actually would Shots love fired. to see. I, I'd love I mean, to see uh, him go full Romo and and uh, like I think I think uh, yeah. So if you think about just personality wise too. I mean, Phil does it because he loves golf, but Phil also just loves attention. So yes. it's not about the money necessarily. Like he, he's going to get paid if he does decide to go to a, to become a broadcaster. But he he just wants to be in the, a part of the show, you know, and that's that's yeah. how he can continue that, to be that, part of the show. I that's a great take, actually. That I, is I a good take. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he's my stock down this week. Um, but you know, if, when we do our, uh, champions tour podcast, he might be my stock up. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, so before we move on, is there anything else from this week you guys want to talk about? I mean, no, I mean, the only thing for me, I don't, I don't want to go on a rant here, but the fact that we're getting golf channel coverage when the leaders are kind of making the turn here on Sunday, I mean, yes, we need to showcase tours from all over the world and the LPGA and the champions and European tour. And it's hard to fit that schedule in, but we don't need an hour of pregame when the guys are, when the leaders are already on the course, let's just get into it. We can talk about it while they're playing. That's my own. I was just frustrated. I mean, Golf TV was down for a lot of international customers. Yeah, Golf uh, TV week. fell on its face on Thursday. Um, it's anytime they have Tiger playing, uh, so that you know how they always have Tiger in the afternoon on Friday, so they have them out early on Thursdays. And yeah. Golf TV, which is the international PGA Tour Live, um, essentially, they. Every time Tiger plays, they're just overwhelmed and, yeah, they just and it's totally inaccessible. And I don't know how they have not realized this and, and figured out a technical solution to it. But but why are they even bothering to show that guy? I mean, geez, it's like who wants to watch him? Okay. Oh, oh, it's overwhelmed with so many people? Oh, okay. On Sunday. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, I don't like, to, like, I don't want to rag on the coverage too much, but like, just give us more. Let's show us. Yeah. yeah, just put them on. Yeah, it I is frustrating think. when when all you can do early on is just follow these guys on on you know, shot link, <laughs> shot link and stuff. It's, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I just wanted to quickly mention um, Allie McDonald won her first LP tour LPGA tour event, uh, nice. the Drive On Championship. It was her 28th birthday today, and she. Oh. Uh, she was the leader going into today, and she fired a final round 69 to win by one shot over Danielle Kang, um, mm. who's a bit of a menace on the LPGA Tour. So she yeah, did no well to, to hold her off. Um, and then, uh, you know, in, in the golf world, it was a bit of a quiet week. So the only other thing I wanted to say is, you know, we're officially three weekends away from the Masters. That the the Zozo was the last time we'll see some of these guys play. I think we have the Bermuda championship next week and the houston open the week right. prior to the masters so um you guys got any any quick thoughts on who you think maybe needs another tune-up um you know if well, guys I mean, I you think, think that are probably done until the masters tiger flirted with uh, teased the idea that he would potentially play houston uh if 
I don't know if it was if, you know, depending on how this week went, how he felt with competitive reps. Uh, so I think that's something to keep an eye on is whether he does plan to, to play Houston. Um, other than that, like I think most of the the real top guys, I think I don't think we'll see them. I think they'll they'll go into their pre major uh, preparation, and I'm I'm so excited for the Masters. I, the, I'm so excited. It's like I know it's only been an extra six months or whatever from when it's supposed to be, but it feels like it's been a decade since yeah, the Masters no has kidding. happened. The interesting thing with Bermuda and Houston is they're the first tournaments allowing fans back since the COVID kind of restart. Um, so I think if people are being extra cautious, like you never know what's going to happen when you allow fans, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, so if you don't want to risk it, I mean, we've seen these top players, Finau, DJ, Scheffler, uh, Adam Scott this week, Mm -hmm. Adam Scott. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Um, so if you want to be completely risk-free and you have your spot, um, I wouldn't be surprised if quite a few people don't play for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we should just all get on our private jets and then go get in the Bentley and head home. <laughs> <laughs> With a production crew around With us. a production crew. <laughs> production crew. No kidding. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we mentioned it. The next uh, upcoming tournament this week, we have the Bermuda Championship. Um, Port Royal Golf and Country in Southampton, Bermuda. Um, par 71 short. Six yeah, second time they've, they've run this one, I think, too. So this is kind of a, you know, it's not an opposite field event, but it is one of the sort of softer field events, um, which I'm kind of looking forward to. There's a few guys, you know, Craig, your boy, Will Zalatoris. I know, it's a, it could is, be a big one. Is looking for, you know, that, that uh, PGA Tour membership if he gets enough points, right? Well, he, if he uh, makes the cut, because remember I think if he makes last the cut, time he's got it. he, he yeah. had to be tied, I forget what the place was, tied for sixth maybe with one other person and there was two people or something. So he's he's like a a, a stone's throw away from from getting his special temporary membership. Yeah. Um, Justin Saw is in the field. I think he has a chance to do that as well if he so, has a high enough finish. No, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, if he gets a very, very high he finish, wins. but, yeah. but, uh, really for him, it's, he's, he's in here without using a sponsor's exemption because he top 10. And so yeah. for those, for in that position, like it's really, you just want to try to string them along. Cause you get, I forget if it's seven or eight sponsors exemptions during which time, you know, you need to try to get that certain number of points. And so if he can get some points off of the back of a top 10, then that's just, that's exactly how you want to do it. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, I, I listened to Max Homa and Shane Bacon's podcast and he's going to be playing Bermuda this week. I'm excited to see how Homa, Homa is. Homa is. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> Shane Bacon was for a second. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Did he Monday <laughs> hey, qualify? <laughs> I was going to say he's, he's got game from what I, no, from I, what I, I know, can but... have heard, but uh, no, I don't think he's in the field. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to see Homa in action again and hopefully he can, he can put together. Uh, he's heading into his first masters in a few weeks here. So um, mm. hasn't been playing great since the restart. It'd be nice to see him have mm-hmm. a, have a good finish. Um, Brendan Todd won last year. Do you know, yeah. is he in the field? He is. Yeah, because yeah. I, I wasn't expecting to see his name there, and I saw he was playing. Yeah. I was scrolling so. through the uh, the field, and I saw, I don't know if you guys noticed this, two Funks. So we had Fred Funk playing and his son Taylor Funk. Oh, that's cool. So I, I think they're both sponsor exemptions. I don't know how they got in, but that's kind of a cool story. Maybe they're yeah. Bermuda locals or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Um. Yeah, so anything what do you guys got going on this week? Um I got a I got a a lot of dentist appointments and I'm not very happy about it. So golf, any golf, Bermuda golf, uh, Zozo Cup golf is good cuz I got crowns and other surgeries. It's not fun. That's okay, well, yeah, but the, but the, aside from that, we're going to be doing <laughs> we'll be putting out uh, a preview Bermuda um Bermuda Championship preview on YouTube. Uh, and then we'll also be putting out a European tour. I'm assuming there's an event. I haven't looked at the schedule yet over there. We'll have to take a look, yeah. Uh, but those will be coming probably on Tuesday. And then Wednesday evening, as always, we'll be doing our, our live Twitch show where you can come and ask us questions. Uh, and we'll chat. We'll preview the tournament. We'll chat about everything from a you know a DFS angle. Um, and then we'll get into next week. Right on. Well, Adam, I'm sorry to hear you've got such a busy week there, but it's it's... Good to see that you've already got the Halloween costume sorted out there with your Adam Hadwin 
look you got going on there. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. <laughs> I, I, you better work on the swing a little bit, though. Nobody's going to buy it. No one's going to buy our, it. <laughs> our, podcast, <laughs> our podcast is on YouTube if you want to check out my costume. <laughs> right on. Well, as you check out all our content at grandstandgolf.com and thank you very much for listening please uh subscribe rate review our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future take care everyone see See you guys next time